Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaylin Clark made history last night. Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. The phenom from Iowa is now the leading scorer in all of Division I women's basketball history. She also holds the record for the most assists. And Perloff, she did it in style last night. She broke the record on a three from the logo. Yeah, I mean, come on. The other team should have saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she leans into the swag, too. I mean, she's yeah. very humble and always thanks her teammates and coaches and family and all of that. But she, she'll tell you, hey, how, I, I wouldn't have broken it any other way, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's she's got a charisma to her. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And she seems to understand the moment. That's the thing about her, and it, she doesn't shrink from the moment at all. Uh, especially, I think back to last year's tournament. That's why I'm telling you right now, the women's tournament is so much above the men's tournament this year. It is going to be must watch. I think the ratings are going to be enormous, and obviously, everyone wants Caitlin Clark to be there to either root for her or against her. It's just it has really been incredible for the sport. Listen, I know there are stars on the men's side for college basketball, and the Zach Eady and the Filipowski. She's the biggest star in college basketball. Period. That's where you got Zach Eady and Kyle Filipowski. <laughs> oh I mean, boy, yeah. I mean, when the best players are in the G League and Europe. I don't agree with that, that there are stars in men's college basketball. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. There just are not. So she now has the record. We're asking you on Twitter, though, can she be considered the greatest of all time if she never wins a title, if she never wins a championship? Now, again, she still has a chance. She's a senior right now. Uh, I was ranked fourth in the country. I, barring some crazy upset, I'm sure they'll be in the finals or at least in the final four at the at the very least. But can she be considered up there with the Diana Tarazis and the Brianna Stewarts or men's or women's? Can you be considered the greatest of all time in basketball specifically? If you never win a title, you can go to Maggie and Perloff and vote. You know, one question. How about her being more famous? Maybe not Tarazi, but does fame make it uh, make her go higher up on the list? Because she certainly... There's going to be more eyeballs on her in the tournament than any of those players, but and it's not even going to be close. Yeah, like con- contributions to the game, if you will. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing: uh, Steph Curry's obviously won four titles, yeah. so this is not an apples to apples. But Steph Curry, if you ever want to call him the greatest player of all time, you'd have to bring in the game changerness of him, right? Oh, absolutely. How, right. Yeah. The deep threes, you know, the influence he's had on younger fans, and you know, he's not seven feet tall, and what he's able to do. I think Caitlin Clark has to have the same conversation, right? She's giving hope. Now, Caitlin's six feet tall. Most women are not six feet tall. She is. She does have genetic gifts, but mo- I think she looks more attainable or inspires little kids to yeah. say, hey, I can shoot from the logo and I can make it because right. I'm not Brittany Griner, who's like, you know, 6'11". Yeah, uh, you can't. 
she can't dunk. Like there are yeah. a few Brittany's players. Brittany's not 6'11", by the way. She's like 6'5", but anyway. Right, but she uh, she dunked in a game, didn't she? Brittany, yeah. Yeah, so. Lisa I, Leslie's dunked in a game. I think that's really Candace. hard to model your game after. That's why everyone loves Steph Curry, because right. anybody can be Steph Curry. Unfortunately, it's kind of ruined basketball, because I've played pickup where anybody under 30 just pulls up from half court <laughs> yeah. and clanks it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I do agree. Impact of the, it's a great way to describe Curry. Curry's place in NBA history is special, because he completely changed the game. I was talking with EJ before the show. Yeah. Who's somebody else is going to come change the game? Uh, who's the next Steph Curry, Caitlin Clark? What's the next thing? Now that we know logo threes are a thing, the fact that she had a logo three, what are they going to invent next? Half court threes? I was going to say half court, three quarter court. I mean, again, you we've disagreed on this in the past. It's a lot more of a hypothetical. Will we ever be in a moment in time where somebody's dunking from the three point line? I, I know that <laughs> sounds crazy. But look at Wemby. I mean, are we not getting closer to that than anything? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the half court shots. I mean, Dame. Wait, do we are gonna play? Are gonna play with jetpacks when that when that, when that, when that <laughs> happens? I mean, okay, okay. Listen, it, but, I'm not saying we, they do it naturally, but I'm just. I think saying. I did see the game this summer. It was called Slam Ball. Yeah, I do love a good <laughs> Slam Ball tournament. Can Wemby dunk from the free throw line? I don't think so. I'm just saying he's he has come into the NBA with yeah. a skill set that's unlike anything. But I, or then again, all right, me and EJ had this big argument. No one's saying out there, I want to be like Wemby. Um, well, he looks a little awkward. No, he's 7'6". Nobody yeah. has that. There's no one who's ever going to be, he's Yao Ming with athleticism. There's nobody like I, that. Everybody thinks they could be Steph Curry. In my opinion, nobody says, oh man, I really want to play like Wemby. No, see, I think you're missing the the, the bar. On this, because it's not necessarily people are saying I I want to be like Wemby. Nobody can be seven four, but are we going to see other seven footers who can handle shoot threes and do what he does? Yeah, that's going to happen. Because guess what? When we saw Kevin Garnett in nineteen ninety five, we thought there's not going to be another six eleven guy who can do what he does. And guess what? Then there were a bunch of them. Then when we saw Kevin Durant, oh, there's not going to be another six ten right. small forward who can shoot threes and play. Then we saw another one. Like the that is the evolution of the sport. So. Is it going to be seven five? No, but will they be seven one, seven two guys who could do what Wemby does in 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I know. This is why I don't understand why you guys are poo pooing my. Uh, I, someone's going to dunk from the three point line. <laughs> you just made my point for me. But by the way, he's not seven four. That's he. You see him next to Joel Embiid. He's six inches taller than Joel Embiid. I mean, they he's just seven feet seven five. That's it's all a lie. He's taller than he's saying. He's trying to contain <laughs> he's, his height. He's gaming the system. It's all a lie. He's uncovered the conspiracy. And also, by the way, there are there are a lot of six eleven seven footers who can hit threes. Kevin Durant didn't change the game to me. I totally disagree what? with that. There, I mean, he he came, He they was an evolution of big man. He's not the first big man to move outside. He happens to have a better handle than ever seven footer ever. Right. But the the game, the tall guys have been moving away from the basket for a decade. Well, before Dirk, KD. I think, gets a lot. Dirk of, is like gets right. A lot of yeah, credit, but Dirk doesn't no. have the handle. Yeah, no, but yeah, the, the handle, so like the KD guard had. skills, I'm talking about yeah. with Kevin Durant and the be able to shoot off the dribble from three that we never saw from a guy yeah. Kevin Durant size. I think Wemby's close, closer to Kareem. Nobody ever said. I want to be like Kareem because you just Wait. knew you could not be Kareem. You can't be Shaq. No okay. one's like, oh, I, I'm going to be like Shaq. Can I? Uh, can I just broaden this out just to society, not even sports? If you had to choose, you can either be seven five or you can be five foot five. What would you choose? I got to go to the men on this one because women are heights don't. Men, this is very important to you guys. Would you rather be seven foot five or five foot five? Think about your life. Think about seven being on an airplane. Airplane. Think about. Living, riding a bicycle. Seven, seven foot five, everything all customed. Yeah, but what yeah. if you're not a millionaire? 
What if you just have to live in this world well, a seven foot? Wait, so I can't be an athlete. No, oh. you're just a regular person. I would. I would Se- give me five for five. No, seven foot five. I would go find a job that would make me a millionaire. <laughs> wait, at seven foot five. But you can't be a professional athlete. I guess you could join the circus or something. Yeah, okay. and I'll be a millionaire. Perloff, well, seven I, foot five I, or five foot five. I think being seven five and not in the NBA would be just the worst thing that could ever <laughs> yeah. happen to anybody. So five five. Yeah, I, I mean, there's we played basketball with a seven footer who didn't do anything, and it was every day. It's like, why weren't you better in college? Every day, <laughs> people say by, that to his face. Oh, oh my god, if, yeah. EJ, you know, like yeah, that tall I mean, guy I, on a yeah. pickup court. It's like, why? What's wrong with this dude? Yeah, the guy on my high school team who was six six, and you know, we were like, yo, like you're a waste of height. Like, you just yeah. gave that to us. Like, you know, and it's, was, I feel bad for him. Like, I was six foot four, and I was kind of considered a waste of height. You and did play college basketball. JV. I mean, <laughs> it was close to a club. Believe me, in high school, I was not that good. And they're like, you're six four. You should be better. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just not good. <laughs> like, I'm 120 pounds soaking <laughs> wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, but there's a, if you ever see a seven footer who's not in the NBA, it's a hard life. Well, just go, because of that not being in the NBA. I go do movies. I go do Beat Chewbacca. I, yeah, I go. I go do the tall characters in movies. Did you guys see the headline? By the way, Bill Walton tried out to be Chewbacca. Yeah. I don't, so I think that sounds like something invented out of an acid trip. It's a very limited. You know, Pete's like I'd find a job. There's only two jobs. You could either be <laughs> Chewbacca or an NBA player if you're seven five. What else is there? <laughs> Pete? I, can you sell insurance if you're seven foot five? Well, look at Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant went and did movies. Right, wrestler. He, he did. He did uh, the uh, the uh, what was the one with Carrie Hughes? The Princess Bride. Princess Bride. There's one Andre the Giant. Right. There's not. There's not a second one. No, I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, like you go do entertainment. I mean, Boban. You go SNL. Yeah, you Boban. Go like co-host SNL. Oh. Yeah. That's that's easy to do. Well, Boban. Uh, he's he's been now. He's been John Wick. He's been doing yeah. like. But he's they, in the NBA. I'm saying you have you don't have any coordination. You know, you don't have that athleticism. Right, but I think Boban could have been in these movies and not been in the NBA. But no, no. But mm-hmm. is there ever been a seven-five guy who wasn't in the NBA? Is that is that a thing? I'm sure there. Sure, there has, sure, has to be in, in, in the world. Yeah. Sure. Has to be. I I've never seen one. <laughs> we know. <laughs> I honestly, I think if you're seven five, you're in the NBA. I mean, you're Yao Ming, but I, like or Taco Fall or someone like that. But yeah, I, I mean, there there's guys, no way Taco I mean, Fall was not going to be a basketball player. There are guys who play college and don't make it the NBA who are seven five. Are you are you saying just like don't play any basketball? Find me a college guy who was seven five who didn't make the NBA. There was a guy who and I don't. I'm not. I really truly don't mean to like make light of it, but I think he like he had his foot amputated because he had all these health issues. He went up. He played that. I think at UNC Asheville. Okay. He was seven five, like three hundred and fifty pounds. Oh, like, the, the guy they found who was like in India, I think. Are you? Are we talking about the same person? He was. That huge. there was that guy too. Yeah. That and that's not what I'm talking about. But that guy also another guy. Like there are yeah there are guys who don't make the NBA who are think about it there's, seven five. There's billions of people in the world. That someone's going to be seven five. But for our hypothetical, you can't be an athlete. Would you rather be seven five or five foot five? And you just have to be a regular person who's just trying to. Have a job, yeah. have a life, have a family. Kenny George. I'd never forget Kenny George. Yes, he was seven foot seven. He played at UNC Asheville. I believe he took them to the tournament one year, but he never went to the NBA. Now again, he got his foot amputated, so maybe that was part of the reason why. <laughs> you think so? Right. Part it, of the reason? No, but I'm saying like yeah. I think that even when he, when he was playing though, he wasn't considered like, oh, this guy's gonna be an NBA prospect. Yeah, yeah. He was just like a guy who was huge. Draft cons, one foot. <laughs> Pro seven seven. <laughs> what I mean, you know how the NBA, everybody who's drafted is about to be the greatest superstar ever. They would have trouble with it, with that. Uh, okay. let's. So you're welcome. Maybe we should put that on the poll, too. you got to be a regular person going through life. Would you rather be 7'5 or 5'5 as a man? Uh, 
Women's a little different. Okay, so the San Francisco 49ers, Perloff, still making some headlines even days after losing the Super Bowl in overtime to the Kansas City Chiefs. They fire defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Whether that was right move, whether that was a bit of a scapegoat move, now we're trying to fill this role here for the 49ers, who are already the Mm -hmm. odds-on favorite to win the title next year. Yet they don't have a defensive coordinator. Forget Bill Belichick, forget Steve, Pete Carroll, forget Mike Vrabel. I don't think any of those former head coaches are taking this job. The one name that has now risen to the top is Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. Would would this make the yeah. 49ers defense better than Steve Wilkes? Yes. I, I did not like Steve Wilkes. So, uh, listen, Brandon Staley was not a good head coach. He was the most aggressive fourth down coach ever, then became the least aggressive, and no one even knew what he was doing right. <laughs> by the end. He was just purely guessing. And he got <laughs> nothing out of that Chargers defense, but they were hurt all the time. I, I just want something different. Just because you're a terrible head coach does not mean you can't be a great defensive coordinator. So he was, remember Brandon Staley was like the hot young guy, you know. With the he, Rams. Yeah, he was Vic Fangio's like chosen one. Now, the problem is a lot of everyone who's Vic Fangio's chosen one usually ends up disappointing. They're not the original. Vic Fangio is great. All his assistants have not been great. But I, I would be excited. I would not be worried about all the downside that you saw with the Chargers with him as a defense coordinator. I'd be very interested in this. Well, my question is, is he a great communicator? Because I don't know if he got that reputation when he was the head coach of the Chargers. And I think that was one of the things maybe that led to Steve Wilkes and his, the parting of the ways after the Super Bowl was that he had to come down from the booth because, you know, Fred Warner and other guys were like wanted more face-to-face contact with him during the games is, you know, does he even run this defense in the same kind of way? I I don't know. I don't think you just say, all right, anyone but Steve Wilkes in this defense is all of a sudden going to be better. Again, I thought that Steve Wilkes really made a case to actually return as the defensive coordinator. Even if there were some personality conflicts, those things get ironed out all the time once you get a second season under your belt. And I know that, you know, Kyle Shanahan had to burn a timeout in the Super Bowl because he didn't like the defensive alignment. I know that there were issues. But you don't think that things can get better? I mean, Kyle Shanahan's offense wasn't exactly gangbusters in that Super Bowl either, and nobody's saying Kyle Shanahan should be fired because he couldn't get Debo the ball and couldn't get Kittle the ball and couldn't get Brandon Ayuk the ball. I. All that's true. I just remember Lions receivers running wide open like crazy, like uh, a seven-on-seven game. Well, that was the first half, though. They tightened it up in the second uh, half and they won the game. Yeah, but, I mean, first of all, even on a key play in the second half, the the Lions scheme, Josh Reynolds wide open, would have been a 50-yard gain, and the the Niners linebackers literally had no idea what was going on. He just happened to drop the ball. Uh, When the Lions needed to turn it on at the end, they started getting churning again. I just don't think that Niners defense was scary at all towards the end. Early in the season, they were. That game against the Cowboys was really impressive. Yeah. But you, they got worse. Uh, you can't ignore the fact that they statistically got worse and worse and worse as the year went on. And they did let up 455 yards in, in the Super Bowl. It's not like at the end when Kansas City wanted to turn it on, they had any problems. Okay, but, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles let up a lot of a lot of yards to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and Jonathan Gannon got a head coaching job. That was a huge mistake. Okay, well, I mean, I'm Everybody saying- in Philadelphia knew that. They're like, oh, man, don't do Ben, don't break Jonathan Gannon. Well, that that's really to me it's a, a matter of style. I felt like Wilkes was a little bendy, don't break. Okay, but I'm just saying I you want can... I want Rex Ryan or some I want an aggressive with that defense. I want that defense to win games single handedly. And I think the Niners stood back and said, All right, our offense is great. We're gonna let them win. I want more aggression in that head coaching position, like D'Amico Ryan's. I just wonder if you have you're already sort of feeling probably disappointed 
clearly disappointed if you're a Niner fan that you just lost the Super Bowl in overtime. Now Brandon Staley, the guy who, at least reputationally, is like as low, <laughs> like bottom of the barrel. Dude got fired. I mean, the team quit on him at the Chargers. Like, this is not the great headline. If indeed it is Staley, this would not be the headline that would make me th- think, oh, okay, now things are going to get better. I mean, Brandon Staley is, let's be honest, he's a bit of a punchline right now. Yeah, but I mean, what is Steve Wilkes's? I mean, he's, his record is 200% better than Steve Wilkes's record as a head coach. No, but Wilkes at least got a got a horribly raw deal from the Arizona Cardinals, got another raw deal from the Carolina Panthers. You could make the case that he should have been the head coach, and they, they hired Frank Reich and fired him, what, 11 games into the season? I think Steve Wilkes had a better reputation. Well, Steve Wilkes was 9-19 and as a head coach. Uh, I just think that... Again, the Arizona Cardinals with Josh Rosen for one year, and then he gets railroaded in in Carolina. I don't even see why this is a topic. You had the number one defense in the league, and you fell to number eight. Do you think Brandon Staley gets him back to number one? I think he gets above eight, yes. Mm. And honestly, I'm not even giving him credit. If those those defensive stars get stay healthy, yeah, everyone was hurt. If those defensive stars stay healthy, even Brandon Staley can coach this year. I, there is no reason the Niners are not a top five defense. I would never put my eggs in the Brandon Staley basket for anything. Like, that guy was a horrendous NFL head coach. He was only a defensive coordinator one time in his life. Yeah. We're basing anything on Brandon Staley being a good defensive coach on one season where he had Aaron Donald in the prime of his career. Right. What do you think that any – I could have been calling those plays and they would have been a great defense. <laughs> and Ramsey. And Don't then forget then he goes to, Jalen Ramsey too. Right. And then he goes to the, to the Chargers – and they were begging him to stop calling defensive plays. They were so terrible this year. Every press conference was, so when are you going to stop calling plays? So when are you going to stop calling plays? Or are you going to give up plays up to the point where he wanted yeah. to fight the press? And now he's going to get to coach a team that went to the Super Bowl? Well, we don't know. He hasn't gotten the job yet, but that's that's this one of the names ridiculous. out there. Show bet. Yes. I guarantee the Niners rank higher on defense next year. With Brandon Staley or yes, just with anybody? With Brandon Staley. Oh, with if, anybody. And I don't, I don't think it, if it's not Staley, it's gonna be the same thing. If they don't if they don't make a significant defensive upgrade, then I'll take you on that. Yeah, I mean, if they stay healthy on that front line and that front line actually starts to play at all, even shows up even the slightest bit, they're gonna definitely improve. Wait, hold on. We've got a lot of things cooking now on this Friday where we have what has been now introduced to the show has gotta be our number one priority, hands down, no questions asked. Pete Pilati versus Pierre Schwartz in a cage match. First of all, where do we get a cage? Does it have to be a regulation cage? I'm just call WWE, 1-800-WWE. <laughs> yeah. We've been asking them for a lot lately. We have, and they've been delivering for us, so appreciate that. to be that. fair, yeah. But, um, they need some content at WrestleMania, come on. I don't know if we can ask for the cage. I feel like there are enough indie promotions in the area that do steal cages that... We could we could we could make this happen. We could just do a regular match too. I was thinking about that. I can line up for us. That I know a couple gyms in the area where I can get us. I can get us a little maybe VIP treatment at like one of the one of the uh, MMA gyms around here. I feel like both Pete and Pierre yeah. should have some kind of valet. They should have to choose somebody from CBS Sports Radio or fan to introduce to bring them out as their manager. And Maggie's already volunteering. To be I could be your Paul Heyman. manager. Who? Me? Yeah. You. Yeah. Bilotti. Yes, you. Okay. What, Pierre Schwartz? Oh, no, I'm going with you. <laughs> well, I, I, know, I, I know how entertaining he is, so I figured <laughs> you were going to go for Pierre. You know, you, you and I watching Weekend of yes, Bernie's 2, ride right. or die. That's right. Okay, I'll take it for sure. 
But P- Pete's working heels. Yeah, so I don't are want you able to be Pete a heel manager, though, yes, Maggie? I am. I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> All right. We got to get some kind of wrestling match. Peter Schwartz, a.k.a. Pierre Schwartz, against people. I'm not managing Schwartz. That's not happening. <laughs> well, maybe he'll pick someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, can I, can I sub Schwartz out and have a <laughs> no. surprise? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, maybe we'll find another job for you. Oh, special guest referee. That is right. I could do that. Alley. So, EJ, could you manage Schwartz? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be commentary. That's what I'm going to do. I'll be Michael Cole or, uh, or, or Bobby the Brain Heenan. Emerson Boozer is going to mar- uh, manage uh, Schwartz <laughs> or uh, a former Jet. Any any uh, former Jet will manage uh, right. I, I feel like we have. I feel like there are people here who could manage Schwartz. I saw Ryan Botcher earlier. I think he'd be a good manager. Ryan's like the, the quietest Very. person in the office. No, but <laughs> no, but he's also like the nicest person. If Very he's politically baby savvy. Face, yeah. yeah. He's working he, baby face. He could, he could probably make it work. I think Schwartz and Ryan Botcher is a good team. He, <laughs> he's the only minute. one who could handle him here. I do love Ryan, but I mean, again, he's not going to have, we, we've got to really coach him up on the mic skills. He's Bo- good on the show. Don't got, get me wrong. You got Bogus, too. Oh, oh Bogus. Bogus. <laughs> Bogus would do it just to go against Bilotti. He, he would. would. That would be the, that'd be the <laughs> second Bo- match. Bogus is the only one I know here who's angrier than you, Pete. That Wait, might be interesting. Let's call Bogus right now in Cancun. It's got to be, what, 620 in the morning? I'm sure he won't mind. Just keep calling him over and over and over he again. He just listened to Dave Matthews up. for four hours last night. <laughs> Dave Matthews. Pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. Oh, you're not there. Bye. Dave Matthews still on his third encore on a song that sounds exactly like all the other songs. (laughs) Doing that weird dance, too. (laughs) His arms. How do you do three days of Dave Matthews? It's all the same song. Anyway, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All right, cage match. Peter Pierre Schwartz against Pete Bellotti. Yes. That's right. Let's go. Coming up. We check in on one of our favorite characters in sports and coaches next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. You believe in that? Wow, it's been a while, Maggie, since we had a Daily Dion. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. What is Dion up to these days? Okay, so we've got daily our Daily Dion. We check in on Coach Prime. He was talking to, uh, let's see, a podcast. Young Money Radio. He was detailing what the Colorado Buffaloes spring game Whoa. is going to look like. They're making some changes, and it's now going to be a whole spring weekend. Here's Dion. So for our spring game, we're yeah. doing a whole prime weekend. Okay. We having a fashion show Thursday. Some for the boosters on uh, on Friday, okay. and the game on Saturday. We doing an after party. Yeah. You know, his black. White, black, and Hispanic DJs. Okay. We're going to cover everybody. Uh, after the game, um, we're doing something with the uh, alumni. But also, maybe at halftime of the game, or at, right at the end of the game on the rooftop, yeah. we're going to have uh, somebody. It's going down. It's going down. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. going up because it's on yeah, the rooftop. Yeah, but we may cut that into the game. Okay. So that could be seen within millions of viewers. Wow. He's tell- talking to Lil Wayne, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so... Maybe you just ask Lil Wayne if he can perform at halftime. So this is no longer just a spring game like colleges do. It's a fashion show. Something for the boosters on Friday, he said. Saturday spring game that's also going to feature a musical halftime show. So there's two things about this. It is smart. Obviously, he's drumming up NIL money, uh, which is great. It's going to make the team better. But once again, this all sounds great 
unless you lose. And I think that he just he has a way of amping up the pressure in a way. He is the best quarterback in the country probably next year with Shador Sanders. Has all this hype and a much easier schedule. So you know how sports is. He's just, in a way, setting up one of the great, flashiest seasons of all time or setting up a major disappointment. Well, right now, I believe the uh, win total for Colorado is only five and a half. Is so, it only five and a half? I wow. believe the latest was five and a half. You mm-hmm. might want to double check me on that. So that's not even a slam dunk that they'll make a bowl, let alone win the Big 12. And that's interesting to me because of all the upgrades that Colorado made in the transfer portal. Um, but anyway, so yeah, fashion show and also a halftime show for the spring game. Does it? Does everyone else have to follow suit now? Is this like a copycat no. thing where now Alabama's got to have a... Like, uh, <laughs> have you seen anybody try? Has anyone tried to copy Dion? Yeah, it'd be it'd be a dumb idea. Like, kind of as a player, nobody tried to beat Dion. Nobody, well, maybe a couple guys sidestepped a little bit in the end zone, but you couldn't beat Dion. No, that was more of a tribute than it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he actually could do things that no one ever did as a player, and now I think he's doing things as a coach that no one else can do. That's pretty wild. Who do you think the fashion show is going to be? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it could be anybody. Yeah, I mean, honestly, before his troubles, I would have said it would have been yay, but not not now. No, I don't think now. That's gonna be no. Yeah. But well, there you go. Yeah. That's your daily deal. Maybe a little Ralph Ralph uh, Ralph Lauren, maybe. I was gonna say something that feels like Colorado Boulder. It, that's you know more of a outdoorsy look. Yeah. Like polo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Someone I'm walk around from Field and Stream. What's that? If I'm Field and Stream Exit, yeah. yeah. Someone walk around. Walk how, around. How do you think that new house that his kids bought him, how do you think they're doing in there? I'm sure they're having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we said the last thing you'd ever want your 22-year-old kid to buy you is a home. You guys said it. I didn't. Oh, Pete right. loves I'm it. I'm sorry. I you liked it. it. Yeah. I like it, too. Just the aesthetic, though. Like, a 22-year-old is not going to pick out, is not going to have the same taste as Deion Sanders. See, you say that, but Deion Sanders is such a young soul, and he's so flashy. I actually feel like if there was any Howard Oldies, 55-year-old man, that kids could buy him a gift that he would enjoy, <laughs> I feel like Deion is the person. It's not like they're giving him a place that has no plumbing and nah. no electricity. <laughs> no, no. You think he's... Dion's hit middle age. Yeah. I watch him. He's he's become like LeBron. He's like on his couch watching his kids. <laughs> I think he's changed. I saw an interview with him and Dan Patrick about a month ago, and he is definitely calmed down. You remember young Dion. He was so full of energy. I think he's chilling a little. You think he's still... He Ooh. likes comparing himself. I'm sorry to jump yeah. in. He likes comparing himself now to Nick Saban. Yeah, he. I I think I've seen uh, a different Dion, a more mature Dion. He just said there's going to be a fashion show with somebody on a rooftop at yeah. a spring game. That, this is prime Change time. Me. Pearl off. I understand what you're saying. Good point. Great point, EJ. I honestly, set, I think he comes home now and turns on Netflix like Nick Saban and watches a turkey documentary. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think in reality, he's holding on to try and be young. I, I'm. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's closer to me than than young you, EJ. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. Tell you. I, w- I want to go to that spring game now. Uh, quickly, before we get to Peter Schwartz's update, Pierre Schwartz's uh, new alter ego. Stewart is in North Carolina. Wanted to weigh in on the 49ers changing defensive coordinators after their Super Bowl loss. Hey, Stewart, how are you? Hi. Um, good show as always. So I'd like to defend Steve Wilkes. And number one, there's a lot of people here in North Carolina that thought he should have been hired instead of Frank Wright. Of course. When he took over the dumpster fire that was Matt Rule, they went 6-6 six and six with Sam Darnold as his quarterback. He's the only NFL coach that's been able to get Sam Darnold to play like an NFL quarterback. And they played some of those games with 
all of their defensive backfield hurt, and they went 500 in the 12 games he coached. And one other thing, Perloff, on your bet about um, where the defense ranks, I looked it up before I called. San Francisco gave up the second-fewest touchdowns in the NFL and the third-fewest points. I think that's a lot better judge of a defense than the fact they gave up eight more yards a game than, like, the fourth-ranked defense. So I think uh, saying they were ranked eighth is a little bit misleading. And that's all good show. Thank you, Stuart. Yeah, it was third overall in points allowed. They did fall off, though, in the rush defense where they were 26 in rushing yards allowed. But I I kind of – I'm going to agree with Stuart on that one. I mean, they were real – they were good at holding their opponents. Yeah, I mean, they, well, overall defense, they were top five every year since 2018, and, and they invested a ton last offseason. They should have – not getting better after you add uh, Javon Hargrave makes no sense. To get worse, uh, especially up front. Uh, and then you added Chase Young. I think Chase Young kind of hurt that team. In a sense, that when you see this <laughs> former number two overall pick yeah. not giving 100% effort, I I don't know. Something about San Francisco looked off to me. You guys – I I, I – totally under, don't understand why you thought that defense was impressive. No, I just would love to have watched that Super Bowl and if Dre Greenlaw never gets hurt and if Kyle Shanahan defers in overtime and they mm-hmm. win the game, you are not firing Steve Wilkes. I just For me, I, I just, he had those bad playoff games and you had the bad Ravens game where the Niners still all gained them. I personally watching them play defense here just don't remember five, six, seven games where they were just being gashed. They went on a three-game losing streak and besides the Cincinnati game, they never gave up more than twenty-two points. But yeah, but look at who they were. Pl- who were the quarterbacks in those games? Right, but they still played good defense. I mean, it was they it, didn't lose because of the defense. Was, they lost because their offense. Browning, do I don't even know who was the Vikings quarterback. No, it was Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Cousins played. Was they played there. Oh, Cousins, and there. it was it was Joe Burrow. Right. Oh, it was Burrow. Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, and you know, and they they got lit up in that game. But it's Joe Burrow, and then we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, and you only gave up one touchdown in regulation. Okay, the Lions. They scored a lot of points. That's a great offense. Like I don't like. It feels like the 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 needle that we're asking Stevie Wilkes to thread in terms of how great they have to be is so fine. And look, maybe they deserve that because they have great players. I just don't see how then. Okay, you fire him. You told me you were gonna get Belichick or Vrabel. I'd say, all right. Well, how much can I really complain about that? The Chargers were begging Brandon Staley to stop calling defensive plays. Begging him. Well, we don't know if Staley's going to get hired. That's just. The, I'm just saying, if that's the that's, guy they're looking at, and I, that's the I, reason I why they're doing well, this, that's well, crazy to me. Why are you guys defend? Who cares about the Niners? If this is their, this will be their fourth defensive coordinator in how many years? They, well, the other guys keep getting hired as head coaches. Yeah, so it's a little different. I don't know. It just strikes me as funny to, to stand on a hill for Steve Wilkes when it was clearly, to me, it was clearly a disappointing year for the Niners. Well, I think there's a the issue. I think is is this is a man who it feels like he keeps getting the short end of the stick. Right. He goes to Arizona, and he has to deal with that disaster, and they blames it all on him for some reason, and in one year he's gone. Then he goes to Carolina. He's coaching for one of the worst coaches in the NFL we've had in the last 20 years, and he actually turns that thing around when he comes, starts he coaches the team the rest of the way, and he gets passed over Frank Reich. Then he goes to the 49ers, he takes the team to the Super Bowl, a place where they weren't the year before, and then he gets fired. I think that's the issue. It's just like, and again, not, not all of that is Shanahan, though. Like, this, these things happen and these bad breaks happen for him before. It's just the cumulative body. Uh, let's get to Peter Schwartz, a.k.a. Pierre Schwartz, with the headline. I think we can come up with a better wrestling name. We like Pierre around here. Uh, I like Pierre, too. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's like choosing your nickname. Sometimes you don't get to choose it. Sometimes it's chosen like the for crea- you. Like the, the creative team gets to exactly. pick it, right? You're, you're talking to the creative team. Yeah, I, I think the creative team needs to meet a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I think what would you team. like to be called? Uh, the Hebrew Hammer. 
Well, we ha- we already have one of those. Right, we do. Yeah, wasn't that Hank? Well, Hank uh, Goldberg wasn't he the Hebrew Hammer? Or was it not Ryan, Hank Goldberg? Uh, no, was it Ryan Bill Braun? Goldberg, right? Or what's Goldberg's first name? Not Hank. No, no, no not the WWE oh. star, the baseball player. Ryan Braun was the Hebrew right, Hammer. I think Ryan Braun was the Hebrew Hammer. We've already had one. Did you say right. Hank Greenberg? Hank Greenberg. Sorry. Yeah, uh, he might have been called that. Yeah, I would There's come a up with called the Hebrew good. Hammer. I don't. Yeah. Was, uh, uh, Did Goldberg ever? Call- Adam, Adam Goldberg was a Hebrew Hammer in a movie. Or Got least- it. That's, I think, where we're Bill getting Goldberg? This. What was Goldberg's first Bill. name? Bill. Bill, Played right. for the Falcons. Yes. Yeah. Wait, was Ryan Braun also not the Hebrew Hammer? He could have been. I thought he I was. I called him that. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, you <laughs> See, and, Daily got caught doing PDs. You and everyone yeah. else called him that. My favorite thing, you guys ever watch the Dodgers when Sean Green was there? Yeah. Every yeah. time he came up, Vin Scully would run down all 11 to 15 Jewish players in the league. <laughs> He'd be like... <laughs> Well, Brad Ausmus is also <laughs> yeah, like Alex Bregman at the bar yeah, mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And remember Sandy Koufax <laughs> would not pitch on Yom Kippur. Yeah, is that your Vince Scully impersonation? That, yeah, it's not very good. All Pretty right, good. who else you got besides Hebrew Hammer Schwartz? Um, That's it? That was what came to my mind when I heard Pierre. You think, <laughs> you think if you went to Triple H and you said, I got one idea, and he said, okay, I don't like that. What's the next one? And then you had nothing. You, what, he would probably cut you from NXT. Yeah. Well, I had Peter? my heart set on that. Who, whose creative team needs to start being more now? <laughs> yeah. Right. Triple H to show Michael would my like people this. get together. We'll come up with <laughs> okay. something that I think will be beneficial to everybody. For now, Pierre. There is a new NCAA women's all-time scoring champion, and it's Iowa star Caitlin Clark, who passed Kelsey Plum last night scoring a career-high 49 points in Iowa's 106-89 win over Michigan. She broke the record with a three-pointer from the logo. Well, I thought about doing it a couple possessions earlier, but I was a little tired, so I needed to catch my breath a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think I kind of stepped back to my left a little bit and was able to get it off and uh, went in and then celebrated. And I honestly thought Coach Butter was going to call the timeout before I had to go play defense, but she didn't, so I had to go play defense. But- you know you're really good when you can pick and choose when you want to make history. <laughs> yes. And she had to do it with a three. Yeah. From the logo was just a little chef's kiss on the there, top. There you go. She yeah. now has a career amount of points, 3,569. On the men's side, last night, number two seed Purdue over Minnesota, 84-76. to 76. NBA in Salt Lake City, Clay Thompson, 35 points off the bench. Warriors beat the Jazz, 140 137 head coach Steve Kerr explaining why Clay came off the bench. I've been thinking about it, and um, you know, the, the, the lineup with um, Brandon out there with Wiggs, JK, Draymond, Steph, it's been by far our best lineup. And um, it just, it, uh, BP connects the game, he rebounds, he does, does some things that really help the other guys. It was the first time Thompson came off the bench since his rookie season. In 2012. Uh, we got some more nicknames for you from the chat. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. Peter Schwartz's wrestling name. He doesn't like Pierre. And we had to go back to the drawing board. And he stole uh, Ryan Braun's name. <laughs> yeah. Sp- uh, Spencer says uh, Schwartz Island. A little okay. nod to it's your love of the Jets. Pierre. With Revis Island. And Haystacks Schwartz. Was Haystacks a, a different wrestler? Haystacks <laughs> Calhoun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that is, so I don't know why you're laughing, but hey, Stack Schwartz. <laughs> Overalls, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Your name's Haystack. <laughs> yes. Okay. How I don't know I, anything. I, I might have just walked into a really bad joke. I mean, what? No, no, just uh, he was one of the um, one of the bigger wrestlers there was. Yeah. Yes. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, how that's about, Spencer, uh, not me. I didn't know who it is. How about the uh, Georgie Animal Steel? 
Actually, I thought Bellotti has a little Georgie animal stealing him. I'm Pete the Body. Yeah, Pete the Body. He's already got his. But he's already got his. Could you be? Could you eat a turnbuckle? Uh, uh, I could eat anything, really. To be honest, <laughs> but you do look uh, just a little bit like him. I look like him, like George Animal Steel. You're the Animal Schwartz. <laughs> or a little King, King Wait, Tom. Did you Bundy. take offense to that? He was. Uh, I no, mean, no, no. I love George the Animal Steel. I just don't get the resemblance. Well, I'm looking it up because I don't know who you guys are talking about. You know, George, the professor, you know, George the Animal Steel? He was a phys ed teacher, wasn't he? No, I think he was a college professor. Are you this hairy? Teacher. He was an I English teacher. That. <laughs> well, this guy's hairy. Yeah, Georgia. I don't know. Uh, oh, that's why they call him the animal? Yeah. Because he had all that body yeah. hair? No, no, See, no. no. He was, I think he, he was definitely he, in, a, in education. Yes, he was in education. I thought he was an English professor. But he was ironic. <laughs> he didn't even speak English in the ring. Like, he just ate he <laughs> ate the turnbuckle. Yeah. <laughs> and grunted. And, like, in real life, he was, like, a Shakespeare professor? Yes. he was. <laughs> he, there's no one who was further from their character than George Steele. Uh, See, I'm thinking King Kong Bundy more. Of a, King, King Kong Bundy, yes. Yes, Bundy yes, 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 yes. King Kong Schwartz. He always wants a five count. No, Bellotti looks like King count. Kong Bundy. I am not King Kong Bundy. Well, King just Kong Bundy? Bald, I mean. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, I mean they're both. Can't go about it. WrestleMania one beat SC Jones at a record nine seconds. Nine so seconds, like forty-five seconds. Yeah, they said <laughs> nine. <laughs> that is one of the greatest. You're kidding me. That yeah. wasn't nine seconds. Yeah. No, they said nine seconds, but if you go back and watch the tape, it was actually like forty seconds. I don't oh know my god, that's an urban seconds. legend. There's, well, then, there, that there's a story. I think that someone screwed up in that match. I think SD Jones screwed up in that match. He was supposed to, t- I think, take a fall quick. And, and it's supposed to be nine seconds. King Kong Bundy looks like cousin Ed. <laughs> this is not. I don't think. Well, I mean, you're King not. King Kong Bundy, by the way, also like, in movies. Wasn't he in Stir Crazy? He's on Married yeah. with Children. Yeah. yeah, King Kong Bundy had a huge career. Uh, SD. Everyone here knows. Do you know what SD stand for? No. Special Delivery, Delivery. Jones. <laughs> he was from Antigua in the West yeah. Indies. You didn't really have to try as hard with your nicknames back then. Uh, <laughs> I was at a card once where he wrestled twice because somebody didn't show up. And he lost. We were, wait, we were waiting. <laughs> we were waiting. There was another match that was coming up. He had already wrestled like one of the first couple of matches. And, and somebody didn't show up. And, and here comes SD Jones coming back to the ring. And Welcome back for his second match of the evening. Everyone's favorite, SD Jones. I'm like, wait, wait, we already saw him tonight. <laughs> this is like when the next host gets stuck in traffic or something. Oh, and then yeah. you got to go on and do start off with the next. I'm sorry, Peter. We're going to have to get to the rest of the headlines later because we've got to take a break. Coming up next, we're okay. going to do something really, really fun in honor of NBA All-Star Weekend coming up. We're going to do an all-time slam dunk draft. Who would we have as our slam dunk in the slam dunk contest, we're going to do a draft here. We've got highlights. We've got everything. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends, come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. CBS Sports Radio. All right, here is Vince Carter with his first shot. Let's go home. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Famous clip, Vince Carter winning the dunk contest. He looks in the camera. It's over. He does the throat slash there. 
this is one of Perloff's all-time favorite players. Oh. Partly because of the dunk contest, but mostly because the in-game dunks. Uh, no, I, oh. I can't separate <laughs> the No, no, no. I, my, I can't separate the two. They're all awesome. Ah. The dude did dunk in regular games like he was in a dunk contest. But I remember I was so fired up for that dunk contest. Going back to North Carolina, I've been a huge Vince Carter fan. That's my kind of player. Zach Levine, Vince Carter, uh, just high-flying dunk contest kind of players. I actually loved watching Blake Griffin play, even though he's, I think, overall a bit of a disappointment for a number one pick. So I, that's my kind of guy. I love just fly, cock your arm back, and dunk the ball. I don't need uh, to see any kind of fundamental basketball. Or titles. Or titles. No, <laughs> okay. Not interesting to me at all. Don't need championships. But the thing is, you, the dunk contest used to have them both. Used to have Michael Jordan in there. Used to have Kobe Bryant in there. Now... Thanks to your guy, LeBron James, the great, great players have won nothing to do with it. That's one of the big disappointments. I don't know if it's just LeBron. It's LeBron. If LeBron did one, then John Morant would do it. Zion would do it. They follow LeBron. Listen, I think that the, the, the actual entity that could really apply pressure for these guys to do these dunk contests are the shoe companies. The shoe companies kind of shadow run the NBA anyway, along with agents. And if the shoe companies really wanted... LeBron, if Nike really wanted LeBron to do it, I'm sure they would have found a way for him to do it. And I think that's who really applies the pressure because look at what Michael Jordan and the dunk contest did for Jordan brand. I don't know. Is LeBron so big, though, that he can't be pushed around by the shoe company? At this point, probably. I think everybody gets influenced by the shoe companies. I I, uh, I believe that's their influence. So we're going to do something. We're actually going to do it a little bit later because we, we ran out of time a little bit. We're going to do an NBA dunk contest draft where we all get to draft an all-time great dunk contest team, and we got all the highlights and all that stuff. So we're excited about that. Uh, we'll do that mm, coming up in the next hour. Sean is in Oregon. Good morning, Sean. Morning, you guys. How you doing? You know, I got a, I got a beef with this dunk contest, mostly the NBA, for putting G-leaguers in the dunk contest. Oh, we love Back. Mac McClung, Sean. Yeah, I'm with Sean. It's, and and he was McClung a McClung is great. It's weak. It's a star-driven league, and he's not a star. Major League Baseball wouldn't put a minor leaguer in the home run derby. Well, they might if it was someone who drove, who was, like, so amazing and awesome. Like, McClung is a very unique case here. And are you not entertained when the guy's dunking? Does it? Do you care that he's not in the league when he's out there doing his thing? I do. Yeah, th- this ain't a street. This ain't a street league dunk contest. <laughs> this is the NBA. What's the Step difference? Game up. Sean, I can I can hear the passion in your voice. Thank you yeah. so much for the time. You, you agree here? What does I 100% it agree. I mean, it's embarrassing. The NBA has G League players in the dunk contest. It used to be Jordan versus Neek. Okay, but hold on. When you're actually watching Mac McClung no, last year, I, wasn't I, that exciting? It was okay. I, it's, it wasn't. Honestly. It was not? He won. It was, it was okay. And first con- of all, these dunks were good, but they weren't like Zach Levine versus uh, Aaron Gordon. Okay, Let's but like that was ourselves. a while ago. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's also putting, into, ago, that's I mean, putting it into the greatest dunk contest ever. Well, I don't know about that either, but uh, it was of, one, it was, one it was, of it was the great. top two or three dunk contests ever. You're putting it at that I mean, it doesn't have to be that great to be entertaining. Well, I mean, you know, there was 40 years of dunk contests. Of course, you're going to pick one from three and a half years ago. <laughs> I just think that maybe it's a little recency bias. Well, I mean, Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine in Toronto. That's a that's a legendary. The dunk contest used to be so huge. It was like a defining moment, yeah. and it's not even when when Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon got to it. It was sort of on life support. So it was a great. It was an all timer, and they went back and forth. 
But I'm not sure it had the same gravitas uh, that it used to have because Jordan used to be in Didn't it. Didn't Brent Berry win one? I mean, what kind yeah, of— 1996. What, 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 I mean, what are we talking about here? I don't think that th- this is a recency bias thing. I think that that this is the question you have to ask yourself at the dunk contest. When you're watching it, are you entertained? Stop thinking about who yeah, could have been in there definitely and not. what could have been. I was entertained by Mac McClung yeah, last year. I am definitely not entertained like I used to be. Even I mean, give me Isaiah Ryder, give me uh, D Brown, and give me give me uh, something different. What? Uh, you I just did Isaiah Ryder and D Brown, <laughs> and that's totally give me Harold Miner. Go like, that was okay. These, yeah, these guys are not, but those the guys young, were exciting time. stars. Not Mac McClung versus uh, was your guy Jacob Toppin here? Come on, these nope. guys who were actually first round picks who played were were in it all the time. Like right, if it was the old days, like Jalen Green would be in it this year. In the old days, somebody who can at, literally fly. Now they don't even consider it. These young first round picks. I know, but it's not like D Brown and Isaiah Ryder had these all time great careers. They weren't Jordan. And I mean, Dominique. at least they scored twenty points a game at a certain point in their NBA careers. I mean. That none of these guys; these guys are scoring two points a game okay. at most. Well, Jalen Brown's in it this year, so and Jaime Hawkins is in it. He's a rookie and he's exciting. And Jacob Toppin, I know Obi is a great dunker, so we'll see if his brother is also. And here's the thing about McClung; he's the. It's not like they do this all the time. It's not like Skip to My Lou was doing the. Uh, cha- you know, maybe Skip to My Lou was. It's not like they had all these. You know, and one mixtape guys who are coming in to take over All Star break all the time. It's a one-off. It's an outlier. He has this particular skill. I think it's cool. I just think that we get to a point where we say, okay, the dunk contest is bad because guys are missing dunks and not doing them well. Say, so well, we need guys who make dunks. Well, Mac McClellan knows how to dunk. Like he's a he's a great dunker. Right. So then he does a great dunk contest. You say, well, he's not a star. It's <laughs> right. like, well, what do you want? Like, I mean, like, you got. I mean, you really think that you. You guys are on an island. You like the way the dunk contest is now compared to before. No, we're saying Dwight, Howard, Dwight Howard did the dunk contest. Right. Blake Griffin did the dunk Donald contest. Mitchell won the dunk contest in 2018. I just say Mac McClung against Jaime Hawkins Jr. is not what it used to be. Let's face it. Coming up, we're playing quarterback matchmaker. You're welcome to weigh in, by the way. 855-212-4CBS. QB matchmaker comes your way next. We'll do our NBA dunk contest draft in a little bit. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.
It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.